The Lord can and often does change our lives all in one day. He can connect us to the right person at the right time. He can speak a word to our heart and use that to completely turn a situation around. We should be seeking these connections, these moments every day. Imagine how much less the enemy can trick us if we are always seeking the Lord and his best for us in every circumstance. That's what All in One Day is all about. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the All in One Day show. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at 2 o'clock now. Thank you, Daylight Savings. To talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. So one of the things that um, we've been, I don't know, maybe a little bit remiss in mentioning I know that we talked about it a little bit in one of our shows where, um, you know, do you do you remember to turn around and thank the Lord for what he's done? Or do you just keep flying forward? And and if you're me, you just keep flying forward. And there's so many times when he just arrests my attention to, hey, um, what about what I did for you back there? What did you do about it? Like, did you thank me? <laughs> and I'm sure that I do in passing um, but a lot of times prayers are so, I don't know, maybe routine. Maybe maybe that's not the right word, but it feels a little bit routine. You know, if you have little ones, you pray specific things about your little ones. And if you're like I am as a mom, you just kind of pray those same things over and over and over again. And maybe it's about things that are way far in the future. Maybe it's about tomorrow. You know, I used to pray for my daughter every time she had a test. She had, she tested really well, but she always had a, not really a phobia, but just a fear of testing. And I would just pray that she would do well in her test, that she wouldn't let her mind get in her way, you know, as we all do, where we draw a blank on something that we know as well as we know our own name, all of a sudden we can't remember the word we're looking for. Um, you know, that that wouldn't happen to her. Those kind of specific things. I always prayed before she had a test. But there were very specific prayers that I prayed, and they changed a little bit. Um, as I matured, as she got older, as her personality started to, you know, really shine forth, um, I prayed very specifically about who she would marry. And, and that prayer evolved a little bit as, as I saw who she was becoming. So my original thought of who she should marry or what that person would be like maybe changed a little bit as I realized different aspects about her. So that would have been a long-range prayer. And as a result, when that person was you know, put forth and they got married. I had no um, problem remembering to thank the Lord for that. It was, that was a huge one. But, you know, when she would pass her test or 
when we would wake up in the in the morning and our house hadn't gotten broken into and you're probably laughing because you're probably praying those same kinds of prayers over your little ones or over your household um, on a nightly basis you know when we wake up in the morning and nothing happened do we remember to pray I mean to thank the Lord that nothing happened it's so much easier to remember when when we're praying for something to happen than when we're praying that something won't happen so we talked a lot about that in in a past show but I really didn't touch on building altars and what does that mean you know well you know altars that's something that people do for an idol they build an altar they set the idol on it um you know, we read about all of that in, in the Old Testament, especially um, in the New Testament as well. And we still have it. You know, there's a lot of um, false religions out there that build altars for idols. Um, but what does it really mean to build an altar? Like everything in the Old Testament is a, a type or a shadow of, of what the things that were to come. So... You know, Jesus all the way through the Old Testament is, you know, he's typed and he's shadowed all the way through the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, he's revealed. So if you're following a shadow back to its source, then you find the source of the shadow. And that's kind of what the Old Testament does. It casts a shadow so that we can follow it back to its source. So it's um, it's been said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and then the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So, so that's kind of um, what I'm talking about. Well, altars in the Old Testament were were built to the Lord, and they're all the way through the Old Testament. It's um, it starts out with Noah building an altar um, after after the the ark lands and you know there's dry land and they can walk out on the dry land um he builds an altar and i i kind of always wondered why he took so many pairs of clean animals as opposed to the unclean animals and it makes a lot of sense when you realize he built an altar and he did animal sacrifices to thank the lord for bringing him and his family through such a horrific storm and saving them when everyone else perished. So that's a pretty good reason (laughs) to praise the Lord. Um, So do we build altars in our lives? And, And what does that mean? If the Old Testament is the shadow, then if we follow that shadow and altar back to its source, what is it really that they're doing? Do we need to build altars? Well, I think sometimes as a physical, uh, visual reminder of, of thanking the Lord, I think we should. I, I hike a lot and I see a lot of people that stack rocks wherever they, they hike to. So they reach the pinnacle of the trail, whatever trail they're on, and they build a little stack of rocks. And I had a lady in a, in a hiking group with me many years ago and she said everywhere I go I stack rocks (laughs) to to kind of show that I was I was there and I said you're building altars and she just kind of laughed me off and um 
she wasn't a Christian at that time anyway. It was years and years and years ago. And, and I know that for a fact because we talked about it. Um, she, she just did it to show that she had been there. So, and, and I kind of elaborated on that a little bit with her. I said, well, it's kind of why we as Christians build altars because it's to show that, hey, the Lord was there. He, he did that for me. Um, but we don't. We don't build altars. <laughs> and I'm talking about, you know, stacking stones on top of each other or, you know, making a, a an altar of wood and, you know, preparing sacrifices on it. We don't do that anymore. Um, it was a type and a shadow for for the, the New Testament thought of an altar would be praising the Lord for something that he had done. Um, it could it could actually involve a sacrifice, as in, you know, not going out and finding a a lamb. <laughs> not that that's not what I'm talking about, but maybe um, as a way of giving thanks to the Lord, we make an offering at church, or we um, send to a a charitable donation um, to a nonprofit that is on our hearts. Or maybe we know a missionary in another country and we send them some provisions or, or a, a money gift. Um, so sometimes building an altar, giving thanks to the Lord, can involve giving back to him in one way, shape, or form. Um, but it should always involve giving thanks. And I really do think that there are times when we should build an altar. So what do I mean by that? Well, kind of like the lady on the trail, you know, just to say that we were there. I'm a hiker, so it's very simple for me. I can, I can go hiking somewhere and make a little pile of rocks and just give thanks to the Lord that he has brought me through something or he has brought me to something or I have reached a milestone and I just want to thank him for bringing me there. And I think for me, I'm very, I'm extremely visual. Um, if, if I can see it, then I get it, you know, and it would stick in my mind. And I, I don't have a photographic memory, but um, I pretty much remember um, visual props a heck of a lot better than I do anything else, really. Um, anything that was said to me or that I, I um, was listening to or um, whatever, I remember visually much better. So for me, it would be a milestone marker or something visual to um, remember giving thanks to the Lord for that one particular um, thing that happened. So there's, there's this, and I'm, I'm not alone in this, um, I've found out quite a bit, actually. I'm not alone in this little phenomenon that occurs in my life. Um, I have this date that always seems to pop up on me whenever there's something significant going on, either in my life or in, in something that I'm involved in, not necessarily directly, um, but something that I'm involved in. And that date is 11 one I have I have no explanation for it except that it's just got to be a God thing and 
so this past weekend was no exception to that little rule in in the way things have gone for me chronologically. Um, milestone markers just seem to pop up on 11-1 for me, and they they did this weekend too. So, so it really got me thinking about building altars and why do we do it and why should we do it and and I think we should so that's what we're going to talk about today so um, the Lord changes our life in one day do we turn around and build an altar that's what we're going to talk about we're going to be right back Welcome back to the All in One Day show. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at 2 o'clock to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. I am your host, Melissa Salem, and we are talking about building altars today. So um, in the first segment, I, I just kind of touched on a little bit about, you know, why, why we build altars. And so I wanted to say, Going all the way through the Old Testament, if you just look for that word, altar, or altars, you see it in an extremely positive light, and then you see it in an extremely negative light. So um, so why is that? Because it's not about building the altar. It's about the reason we do it, and and then subsequently what we put on it. So in other words, um, let's just say that we are, um, we're Noah, and we get off the boat, and um, so I'm Noah, I get off the boat, and I'm, I'm so thankful that my family is alive, and, and we've been rescued out of everybody else on the entire planet, as far as I know, um, and all, all there is is us and these animals, and I build an altar, and I turn around and instruct my, my sons to um, worship me because I built that ark. I saved my family, and they should use that altar to worship me. Well, that would be an incredibly wrong reason to build an altar. And I think if Noah would have done that, um, we would have started all over again with population zero, <laughs> honestly. Um, and I'm, I'm just talking about the character of God throughout the Old Testament. If you look at the Old Testament, he's um, patient, ever so patient, but, but he reaches the end of his rope and he's done. And the flood is, is definitely um, indicative of, of the fact that he definitely has a rope that he reaches the end of. So I think if Noah would have done that, it would have been, um, okay, Noah, you think you saved your family? Yeah, I don't need to fill in the blanks there. But that would be a case where we would build an altar in the very wrong way, in a very wrong way. Um, And 
throughout the Old Testament, when you see altars in a negative light, they are typically being built to worship some sort of an idol. And an idol doesn't have to be, you know, a little carved statue of some sort. It it doesn't have to be um, something that we make and we set up and and visually it's right there. It doesn't have to be that. It, it did in the Old Testament. That's the way their idols were. They were carved. They were little statues or they were big statues. Some of them were giant statues of whatever, whoever they were supposed to personify, whether it was the king himself or it was some sort of a deity that they had in their, um, I don't know, I want to call it mythology, but their, their religion um, whatever it was, that's what the the idol personified. Again, we have the Old Testament casting a shadow, and you lead it back to its source. It's called false worship. So if, or not false worship, it's called um, idolatry, um, which I guess would be false worship in another way. But anyways, it's called idolatry. So today, or in the New Testament thought, idolatry would be more of what we worship um, not necessarily bowing down to something but what we hold up in our lives so in that same scenario Noah would have been holding himself up in his life saying look at me I am the savior of the earth and um, this is what Lucifer said, if you read um, in Isaiah, all the things that Lucifer said, he basically um, exalted himself to a place that only God belongs. So, and we call that pride (laughs) to the extreme, but we definitely call that pride. And we all deal with pride. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure even Noah dealt with it at, at some point, you know, gosh, the Lord picked me out of everybody. You know, that, that has to get into your head a little bit. Um, and I'm sure it did and because he's human. He was a human being. So I'm sure he was, you know, tempted with that kind of pride. Um, I don't know all of the, all of those days of rain and the fact that he built a boat when there hadn't been any rain. <laughs> he was nowhere near any water. Um, that's kind of humbling, just the fact that, okay, I'm not crazy. I really did do this for a reason. Um, that would be a little bit humbling. So I'm sure the temptation wasn't wasn't long in his mind, but it had to be there just, just, just because he's a human being. So in our day and age, in our lives, what, what is it that we exalt, that we put up, that we lift up in our lives that's not the Lord? Um I think this is another reason to build an altar because it reminds us of who really has brought us this far. And, you know, sure, do you work hard? Of course. Um, are you diligent? Are You know, leading a, a pretty disciplined life? Sure. That still doesn't mean that you did it. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you, you know, you didn't build that. <laughs> but, you know, Noah built the ark. He did. 
um, out of obedience. And, and I'm sure it took a lot of discipline and, and a lot of diligence. And I'm sure it was really difficult work for one very old man to build this ark and preach the word for a hundred years to never have one convert and to even have your own family probably eyeing you (laughs) a little strange um i'm sure that you know it was very difficult work and i'm sure he did get to the end of it and say wow i i kind of i built that but at the end of the day did he build that you know god even gave him the blueprints um, certainly supplied all of the wood, certainly brought all of the animals. I, I can't imagine. Have you ever even just tried to get your dog to do something that he or she didn't want to do? I can't imagine getting all of those animals on on the ark <laughs> to come to you and get on the ark. So obviously God did everything. Um, Noah was just his hands and feet. And And I think sometimes when when we get to these pinnacles, these these milestones in our life, we're tempted to say, look at what I did, instead of, wow, look at what he's done through me. This is amazing, um, and I don't even deserve it. And I'm sure that Noah battled with that too. Did he even deserve to be saved, you know, above everybody else that that perished? I'm sure he dealt with with a lot of that too. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going to continue to talk about altars in our lives. When we come back after this break, you're listening to the All in One Day show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the All in One Day show. I am your host, Melissa Salem. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. I know that Arizona doesn't change in daylight savings, but um, a lot of the the um, programs that we have on KXXT, are they do change. Their times change. So therefore, I got jostled around a little bit and moved to 2 o'clock on Wednesdays. So... I kind of warned you last week, so if you didn't listen, (laughs) then you're going to be listening to Steve Gregg instead of me at 3 o'clock, who's awesome, by the way, and I think that you should tune in to him, so just leave it on after after we're done at 2, leave it on and listen to the 3 o'clock program as well. I think you will be triple blessed um, if you do that. So this is that place that we come to every Wednesday at 2 o'clock now um, to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. And it's funny because when you say that to people all in one day, they they just kind of look at you. And they either have the, the revelation in their eyes of, yeah, that does kind of happen, doesn't it? Or, or they just look at you like, you know, cynical. I don't know about that. It's usually negative if it changes all in one day. Um, nothing ever positive changes all in one day kind of thing. Well, um, so I, in the first segment, I kind of teased you a little bit with a milestone that, or milestones that keep happening to me on a specific date. And that's 11-1. It's something that, um, that has happened on and off for literally my entire life. 
um, I can't even I can't even explain it. It's 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 one of those things that usually kind of comes around and hits me. It's not um, it's certainly not anything I plan. It it's just it is what it is. And 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 by milestones, I don't mean um, necessarily events. So it's not like oh I got married on that day or it's not like that. Um, it's not my birthday, <laughs> so it's not those kind of milestones. Um, it's not my daughter's birthday either, so it's not that. Um, so there's not like literal events necessarily that occur, but they're milestones. And they're either f- milestones in my life or milestones in something that I'm involved in. Um, so this past Sunday, there were two milestones that occurred. The first one is the church that I attend. Um, they have been in existence, and, and this really, really blew my mind. They've been in existence for 11 years and 10 months. And in that 11 years and 10 months, they have wandered from school to school. They haven't ever had their own place. And this past Sunday on 11-1, it was our first service in our brand new building that's ours. Well, I say ours because I go to the church, (laughs) not because the church is mine, because it's not. Um, It's the Lord's and he built us a building and we got to have our first service this past Sunday on 11-1. And then as the pastor is saying 11 years and 10 months, it just... I don't know. I'm a numbers person. So that would be 11.1 for me in my little mind, the way I would write it down. 11.10 actually, but 11.1. And what is the date? 11.1. So that was, that was huge. And that's actually, honestly, it's the second church that that's happened that I've attended. And I, and it's only the second church I've attended since I came back to the Lord, um, in 1997. So the the church that I attended prior to this one also moved into their first structure. And that's, it's still the structure they're in today um, on 11-1. So interesting. I know. Um, Anyways, so that was huge. And then my business, which has pretty much been me, for nine years, almost nine years. It'll be nine years this January. Um, I now have a staff. <laughs> and I had, I've always had my daughter helping me in the background. She does a lot of my data entry, but I've never employed anybody besides um, family. So, so I have a staff now and I needed to have a meeting, number one, so they could meet each other. Um, and, and then number two, because we had a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of things coming up. So I tried to schedule a staff meeting over the weekend. And of course, everybody was busy on Saturday. And the only day that would work was Sunday. <laughs> so I'm looking at the date saying, wow, that's 11-1 that I'm going to have my first staff meeting ever in my business. And that may not sound like a lot to you, but it is a milestone for me, huge milestone for me. So we're going to talk about how I'm going to build that altar when we come back. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the All in One Day show. This is that place that we come to every Wednesday at 2 o'clock now to talk about how the Lord can or how the Lord has changed our lives all in one day. So we've been talking about um, building altars and reaching milestones, and it sounds like a a bunch of rocky news today. (laughs) But um, so what I was talking about before the break is reaching a milestone in not only the church that I attend, but in my business. And and I know, you know, for, for seasoned business owners that are out there, they're probably chuckling at me. Um, but this is huge. And and the, the reason that I brought up, um, you know, how people react to me when I talk about the, the name of my show, and then I explain it to them, and they're either like, oh, yeah, that does happen, or I don't know. Um, all of the things, all of the transitioning that's occurred in my business has been in the last 30 days, literally. And and I told you before the break that I've I've been in business, it will be nine years in January. And I have trudged through a lot to get here, but I did absolutely nothing different at all to make this massive change that literally occurred overnight for me. Um, I did nothing to make that occur. And I could be like the Noah that I described in um, previously and, you know, build an altar and put myself on it and say, look at what I've done. Look at all the blood, the sweat, the tears that I have poured into this business. Finally, 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 I'm successful or I'm succeeding and I must have been doing something right. I finally hit the gold vein, whatever it is that pumps myself up. But I know, and my, my conscience knows, that there is no way that any of this is because of me. It is in spite of me. <laughs> 100%. Uh, I have done everything I can to sabotage (laughs) myself in this business, just like every other business owner out there. That's, I I really think that that sets me apart from other people in my industry. And I do bookkeeping and accounting and QuickBooks training in case you're curious um, and you haven't heard my spots or you haven't been listening. Um, I know a lot of times we turn down the commercials. Uh, You turn them up. They they actually tell you uh, what I, what I do or what my business does, I should say now. Um, but I've, I've done everything. I've made all the mistakes that every entrepreneur makes. I, and, I'm, and I'm sure I have a long list of them to come. <laughs> and um, I've fallen into every pitfall. I have um, over-promised and under-delivered. I've done literally everything you can do wrong that would dictate that I would not have a business today. And yet... This business has thrived um, to the point of of being uh, what has sustained me and my daughter when when I was a single mom and she was in college and um, I had a, a lot of help at first with her college and then I had no help at all and and then I got a little bit at the end so I didn't um, finance it completely but I did definitely my share. And this business provided that. Um, 
and the ability to put food on the table, to pay the bills, to move forward. And every single month, I can tell you, it was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me the business that I have. Thank you, Lord, for giving me these clients. Show me what to do. And sometimes I listened and sometimes I didn't. Um, and sometimes I I got bit because I didn't um, listen. But literally overnight, everything changed. And it was literally all in one day. Now, you can argue that it was nine years. But I will tell you, it was all in one day. And we would both be right. Um, but how I would build my altar would be, thank you, Lord, for making this transition so rapidly that only that I know for a fact that only you could have done this. So as Noah did, building the altar after um, getting out on the dry land and thanking the Lord for saving him and his family, for bringing them to a place where it was pretty much a brand new world for him, that he knew that only the Lord could have done all of this. Did he swing the hammer? Sure. Did he cut the wood? Sure. Was he the one up, you know, at the break of dawn, working until the candles didn't work anymore? Sure. Was he the one that was ridiculed and persecuted and and who had no converts all <laughs> time, no fruit of his labor um, <laughs> to to at least be thankful for? Um, sure. Was he the one that that the Lord brought these children through, you know, as as in he was the father of these children? Sure. But at the end of the day, he knew that only the Lord could have brought him to where he was at that moment. And only the Lord was to be thanked for such a huge milestone. <laughs> Mine is definitely nothing compared to what Noah was building his little altar for. So I say all of that to say that we all have that temptation to turn around and look at all of our hard work and all of our blood, sweat, and tears and all of our perseverance and all of our due diligence and, and all of our creativity and our, our imagination and um, our willingness to stick to things. And we can look at that and say, hail, hail me. Or we can build an altar and say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to be here and watch this and be a part of it. And I think that that's the attitude that we should have when we build an altar. So how am I going to build an altar? I haven't really decided yet. Um, one, of the, one of the biggest things that I forgot to do was take a picture <laughs> at my little staff meeting. And you ever get there you know after an event occurs and you're ah oh, I forgot to take a picture that's me and my daughter will tell you that that's been me um, pretty much as long as she's known me <laughs> I always forget to take that picture um, so that's not how I'm going to build an altar so I haven't really decided how am I going to do this um, this show is kind of an altar because I am literally saying, Lord, thank you 
for bringing me here. And don't let me mess it up. Don't let me drop it. Um, if I thought that it took a lot of discipline and blood, sweat, and tears before, oh boy, am I in for it now. And I think Noah probably had that same thought process if it was hard and really, really hard to deal with all the people around him during the process of building the ark. And I don't know, how how much did he really understand? Because I think if I knew that all of my neighbors were going to die, I maybe that's what fueled him to just persevere through preaching the good news, as it was then, um, to everybody that he knew, regardless of the fact that he never had a convert. You know, maybe that's what gave him gave him the passion, the drive to keep doing that. Because I know it would me if I knew that all of my neighbors were going to die if they didn't listen to me. I would probably have a lot of passion in telling them the good news. Um, so guess what? All of your neighbors are going to die if you don't tell them the good news. So why aren't we passionate about telling all of our neighbors about Jesus? And I'm not just talking about your geographical neighbors. I'm talking about people in your family, um, your children, if you're not taking them to church and telling them about Jesus and living out your walk in front of them. And sometimes that's, that's preaching the word. That's, that's it right there. Um, the Proverbs 31 woman just does what she has in front of her and, and she's very diligent with it and she's very faithful to the Lord and she's not afraid to um, let that light shine. So why, why does God bring us to these milestones? If it's not to reignite that passion inside of us, to give us a testimony to share with others, to make us a light on a hill instead of, you know, hiding our little light under a bushel. I think that's why he brings us to these milestones. It's not, here you go, Melissa, you deserve so much. <laughs> Because, you know, Noah didn't deserve to live either. And he was righteous. The Bible describes him as righteous. But he didn't deserve to live either. He was a human being. And he sinned just like everybody else. Maybe it wasn't as outward. Maybe it wasn't as blatantly terrible as far as our standards are concerned. But sin is sin. He didn't deserve it either. His kids didn't deserve it. His wife didn't deserve it. His kids' wives didn't deserve it. Even the animals. I mean, we could really argue that, you know, God could have just wiped the slate clean and started all over again. And, and that's pretty much what we all deserved. So Noah didn't deserve it. He didn't get brought to that place because, you know, God decided that Noah deserved to be saved out of everybody else. He got brought to that place for a testimony for us to read the story and say wow he got brought to that place through 
His obedience? Sure. But even God gave him the grace to be obedient. Honestly, you try building a big old ark in your backyard and having everybody laugh at you and scoff at you and see if that doesn't wear you thin really fast. And it took Noah a hundred years to build that boat. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how he did it except for the grace of God poured out on his life. So I think Noah knew, you know, that's why he built that altar. Huh. Here's my testimony. Here's my altar. So maybe it's just a show. I haven't really decided, but um, it may it may be. Because the altar is not just the place that we say thank you to the Lord. It's the place where we spread out our testimony. Ha! Huh. That's huge. So it's not just hiking, hiking a mountain and, and building the little, the little, rock tower it's our testimony of we were here this is what we did when we build an altar to the lord it's he was here and this is what he did in our lives which is our testimony so i think that's why he brings us to these milestones i don't know maybe i'm supposed to be um very passionate about spreading the gospel and it, and it happens on 11-1 <laughs> every, every year. For, or not every year. It doesn't happen every year, but every time it happens, it's 11-1. Um, I will tell you that one of the milestones that occurred on that day for me in my, in my life is being told that I was going, going to be ordained. That was another milestone that occurred on 11-1 for me years, years ago, but occurred on that date. So you have been listening to the All in One Day Show. I hope that I've encouraged you to build an altar of testimony and thanksgiving to shine as a light in front of everybody around you. We'll see you next week. Today.